democratic constitutional order in Israel. That will, in turn, complicate Israel's foreign relations, particularly in the West. Many Israelis believe that withdrawal from the West Bank in the context of a peace accord would involve unreasonable risks. But those risks must be weighed against the risks of continued occupation. Obama's Legacy Like NATO, the U.S.-Israeli alliance was founded not only on mutual strategic interests, but also on cultural connections and shared democratic values. But the similarities end there. The partnership between the United States and Israel does not include a defense treaty, and the bond of shared values has been steadily weakened by cultural and demographic changes in both countries, as well as by the manifest failures of the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. Obama whose liberal Zionism was nurtured in a circle of progressive Chicago Jews supporting his political rise, entered the White House with a strong conviction that some form of tough love was necessary to restore the moral basis of the alliance. Under his tenure, the United States finally and decisively confronted Jerusalem on the growth of Jewish settlements in the occupied territories, when, in 2009, he demanded a complete freeze on new construction in the West Bank and East Jerusalem although he later accepted a partial freeze that excluded Jerusalem. To preserve confidence between the two allies, however, Obama also recommitted the United States to the security relationship by substantially increasing the amount of U.S. security assistance to Israel, notably for missile defense. It didn't work. Israeli officials, including Netanyahu, have acknowledged that the Obama administration offered unstinting military and security cooperation, but that support was overshadowed not only by the confrontation over settlements, but also by tectonic regional shifts that opened multiple chasms between the two countries. Israelis across the political spectrum were shocked by the United States' decision to urge Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak out of office in 2011, by its cooperation with the Muslim Brotherhood government of Mohamed Morsi after he won the Egyptian presidency the following year, and by its distinct lack of enthusiasm for the military coup that drove Morsi from office the year after that. Along with Sunni Arab regimes, Israel was likewise alarmed by Obama's failure to launch airstrikes to enforce his red line on Syria's use of chemical weapons. Then there was Iran. There, Obama's two overriding priorities were to prevent the development of nuclear weapons and to avoid getting entangled in another Middle Eastern war. He correctly decided that the only way to reconcile those objectives was to negotiate an agreement that would block Iran's pathways to a weapon. The result was the Iran nuclear deal, a joint comprehensive plan of action. Agreed to in July 2015, the JCPOA marked one of the Obama administration's greatest diplomatic achievements. Yet because the deal left Iran with a latent nuclear program, the Israeli government found it intolerable as Netanyahu had made dramatically clear to a joint session of the U.S. Congress as it was being negotiated. From the Obama administration's perspective, Israel also moved the goalposts. Unable to deny that the agreement would prevent Iran from posing a nuclear threat for the next decade, it began complaining about the United States' alleged acquiescence to Iran's regional aggression. These gaps in perceptions and priorities were so deep as to constitute a conflict of strategic interests between the United States and Israel. Netanyahu's failed campaign to derail the JCPOA had the side effect of darkening the mood surrounding renegotiation of the 10-year Memorandum of Understanding that governs U.S. military aid to Israel. Netanyahu might have won a better deal had he finalized it in 2015, but he delayed it for a year. 
The memorandum of understanding that Israel signed in 2016 looks generous on its face, $38 billion over the next decade. But some of the fine print is, from an Israeli perspective, disappointing. Among other new restrictions, the agreement precludes the possibility that Israel could approach Congress for additional funding during the lifetime of the agreement in an effort to make an end run around the executive branch. Looming over all these tensions was the Obama administration's failure to make progress on the peace process. Secretary of State John Kerry's peace mission during Obama's second term was dogged, courageous, and futile. Obama's early insistence on a settlements freeze, along with his outreach to the world's Muslims, fueled deep Israeli distrust. Yet the White House had its own grounds for suspicion. Despite his pronouncements otherwise, Netanyahu has never behaved as though he is genuinely committed to a two-state solution. And some members of his current government are openly hostile to the idea.